Good morning, City Church. This is Eric with a moment of sanity at the start of your day, a moment of truth from God's Word, a moment of grace. I've been talking this week about Christian maturity and what it might look like for us to strive after maturity this year. Yesterday, I talked about the Word of God and how it's central to our growing up into Christ. Another essential part of spiritual maturity is community. Author Jen Wilkin puts it this way, Maturity is movement from me to us and from right now to not yet. Implicit in what Wilkin says is that maturity is counterformation. Maturity confronts some of the assumptions taken for granted by our age of narcissism and immediacy. While it would be worthwhile to talk about both of those assumptions, I want to focus on just the first one. How do we put others' interests above our own, especially in a culture that is constantly telling us to have it our way? How do we grow in our care for others over self? I don't think there's any way to do this without being in close proximity to others. In other words, we can't move from me to us without community, real, messy, embodied life together. That's one way the church is a gift to us. It draws us into community in a variety of ways. One practical way the church community fosters maturity is through worship. A sign of Christian maturity is our commitment to worship with God's people. It used to be that regular attendance at church meant three out of four Sundays a month. Now, most people consider themselves regular attenders if they worship one or two Sundays a month. As more and more of our experiences take place virtually, whether work or conversation or play, we replace the regular gathering of God's people for analogs like listening to podcasts or watching an online church service. COVID, meanwhile, has made it incredibly easy to flake out on our commitments, especially public commitments, where there'll be lots of other people. We don't feel the need to give a reason for not showing up. We don't feel the need to tell anyone we won't be there. But maturity means showing up. I say all the time that part of the reason showing up is so important is not for you, but for others. In a community, like a congregation, there are other people counting on you to be there. When you're not there, they notice. And when you're absent, they're diminished. When someone says, I haven't seen you in a while, they aren't shaming you. They may not even be inquiring into whether everything's okay with you. They may be saying, admittedly in an oblique way, I'm not okay because I've missed you. All of this means that maturity isn't just showing up, but living with enough margin to be able to show up. Do our schedules permit us to show up? Do we have the relational energy reserve so that when we show up, we're truly present? Are we spiritually rested and nourished enough so that when we walk into church, we can give of ourselves as well as receive? At the end of Colossians, Paul says this, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature. I love that. Here's a Christian friend who is struggling in prayer so that others would be mature. Have you ever prayed like that for a friend, for your kid, for yourself? Have you ever lived that way, struggling for the sake of others by showing up in community for them? People who are committed to physical fitness goals make decisions about the rest of their lives with those goals in mind. A runner training for a marathon sets an alarm for 5 a.m. to meet her training partners for an early morning run. And she's home by 10 p.m., adjusting her Saturday night plans because of it. 
people committed to spiritual maturity similarly will adjust weekend plans so that they don't miss worship or so that they can be available relationally for a friend struggling through hardship and pain. Another aspect of mature community is accountability, particularly accountability that moves beyond self-disclosure. One thing that scares me is that most of what passes as accountability in my life depends solely on my self-disclosure, that is, my willingness to be honest about what's going on. We have precious few people in our lives who will ask us hard questions about what we're doing with our time, about how we're spending our money, about how we're using alcohol or drugs to numb ourselves, about our sexual purity. And even if, they, if we do have people asking those questions, we still have to be honest. What keeps us from lying or shading the truth? There are even precious fewer people who can tell when we're not telling the truth. In the past, I've called what I'm describing as friendship with teeth. For the sake of maturity, we need friends whose presence makes an impression in our lives and leaves teeth marks. The Apostle Paul understood friendship with teeth. He both modeled it and commanded it in his letters. In Ephesians 4, for instance, right after the passage we've been considering all week, Paul warns his friends to avoid the Gentiles' hardness of heart. He says, that is not the way you learned Christ. And he continues, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. That's friendship with teeth. That's the way to maturity. Stay well and do good. Good Morning City Church is a weekday podcast produced by the staff and members of City Church of Richmond, located in Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about us, please visit citychurchrva.com. That's C-I-T-Y-C-H-U-R-C-H-R-V-A dot com. And thanks for listening.